I do know about the change to rank voting. Um, I am excited about the change because I feel that it means you no longer have to play games with who you're going to vote for. You no longer have to worry about whether or not the vote for your favorite candidate is going to take away a vote from someone else who, who is perhaps more likely to win. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and to each other. I'm Amivora. Well, it's finally time. Early voting began this past weekend, and the primary is coming up on June 22nd, so make sure to mark your calendars. If you've been keeping up with our newsletters, you'll already know that this is the first time New York City is using the rank choice voting system for the mayoral race and for other citywide races. But what exactly is rank choice voting? Before we jump in, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey and Company. Breathless to voice what gasoline is to a car. You know, if you have no gas in your car, your car goes nowhere. The same thing holds true for The Voice. That's Denise Woods, author and esteemed voice and dialect coach. She's featured in McKinsey & Company's newsletter, The Sortlist. The Sortlist is a weekly curated sampling of McKinsey's need-to-know stories about work, the economy, and culture. If you don't breathe, you have no voice. For more of our best ideas, quick and curated, check out The Shortlist at mckinsey.com forward slash shortlist. That's mckinsey.com forward slash shortlist. And thanks. And now back to the show. We asked a handful of voters around New York City about their thoughts on the new ranked choice voting system. Here's what they had to say. Uh, I just voted. I just early voted here in New York using ranked choice voting. And I was uh, very happy about the, you know, especially with such a crowded mayoral field, I was really happy about the opportunity to get to not pick just one candidate, but pick kind of my top favorites for the for the position. For me in particular, it was exciting because I am originally from Brazil. I became an American citizen fairly recently. And in Brazil, we do have a system of runoffs. So if a candidate doesn't get more than 50% of the vote. We have a new election, a runoff election to pick between the top two candidates. And what I really like about ranked choice voting is that it's kind of an automatic runoff, right? Like you, um, at the end of the day, you you make sure that the candidate that's going to win is going to be the person that got at least 50% of people's support. I do know about the change to rank voting. Um, I feel personally that it's been pretty well advertised. I've received Uh, several emails. I've seen a lot of advertisements. I've received information in the mail. Perhaps what's been less well advertised is why the change was made. I am excited about the change because I feel that it means you no longer have to play games with who you're going to vote for. You no longer have to worry about whether or not the vote for your favorite candidate is going to take away a vote from someone else who, who is perhaps more likely to win. Part of my concern might be you know, if people are not well informed about all the different candidates, then they might randomly put down their second, third choice rather than just um, putting down what they know or feel comfortable with. So that could actually cause some damage. So that's perhaps one area where I worry about uh, uh, the approach. I am aware that our upcoming election is a ranked choice vote, and I think it's a cool thing. I'm motivated to be as informed as possible about all the candidates because my third 
fourth or even fifth choice may make a difference in who ends up leading the city. I feel invested in the outcome, and hopefully this will be a good consensus-building way for us to choose our leadership moving forward. Now, a primer on how to navigate ranked choice voting with journalist Felipe de la Hoz. Felipe, thank you so much for joining me today. Can we start by having you explain what ranked choice voting means and how it works? So it's uh, no doubt an interesting development in, in municipal voting, but I think there's still a lot of confusion about it. It's the first time that this is being implemented here in the city. And so essentially what it is, is the first choice selections, you rank a number of people, first choice, second choice, third choice, fourth choice, fifth choice, up to five. The first choice selections are counted as it, as in kind of uh, as if it was a normal ballot. And if one candidate has won 50% plus one vote, that candidate becomes the winner of the election. If no candidate has at that point, then the candidate with the lowest number of first choice votes is eliminated. So they're just taken out of the race. And then the people who had voted for that candidate as their first choice, their votes are then sent to the second choice candidate that they had ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then those votes are tallied. And the process basically repeats itself, eliminating a candidate until there are only two candidates left. And at that point, the candidate with the most votes win. You don't have to rank the full five candidates. You can fill in uh, the top two or even just your number one pick. But in a crowded, uh, you know, crowded city council races like we have this year, where there are you know, sometimes 15 or 20 candidates, the winners will be decided by a pretty razor thin margin. Yeah. Okay. This is obviously a little more complicated than a previous trip to the ballot box might have been. Are Are you able to elaborate on why this? process and ranked choice voting in particular is perhaps better? Of course, yeah. And so, you know, one of the the things that proponents of ranked choice voting say a lot is it ultimately better represents the preferences of voters. And so we're used to thinking about voting as sort of picking the candidate, not only that we want to win, but the candidate that's sort of safe, right? Someone that we could live with. We even have, you know, particular terminologies for it, right? You hold your nose and you vote for somebody because, you know, you might like somebody else, but, uh, you know, you don't want to risk them being kind of a spoiler candidate and, and, and then sending the election to somebody that you don't want to win. But with a ranked choice election, you actually can feel very comfortable putting your first choice first, even if you don't necessarily think that they have a path to winning. And, you know, if you're if you're right and they don't and the candidate loses, your vote won't be, you know, quote unquote, wasted because it'll simply go to your next ranked candidate. And if it turns out that the candidate was stronger than you imagined, especially if it turns out that, you know, they might not have been a lot of people's first choice, but they might have been a lot of people's second or third choice. Uh, then actually, you know, the, the ability to rank them like that and, and sort of your your comfort in ranking them first can help take them to victory. Mm, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when you were first talking about ranked choice voting, you mentioned the razor thin margins and being able to vote strategically. Are you able to talk a little bit more about what voting strategically actually looks like? Yeah, of course. And so, you know, we had actually used the example, too, of not only trying to vote in a way that will make your preferred candidate win, but prevent maybe some candidates you don't like from winning themselves. And I think that hasn't been remarked on quite as much, but it's sort of an interesting um, way of thinking about it in the sense that, you know, if you're able to rank a lot of candidates, right, your, your top five, mm-hmm. that actually makes it so that, you know, if you do that versus just ranking one, and if a lot of people basically follow that same lead, uh, collectively, right, you can sort of prevent maybe a, a candidate that that you know doesn't share your policies that you don't want to see elected 
from winning because that person, you know, will have to overcome not only your first preference, but your second preference potentially and your third preference, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're kind of pushing them down the line. And so, you know, it, it, it's another way of thinking about it strategically, you know, too. And that's why we're encouraging people, you know, really to, to take it seriously and actually, you know, put, a, put as much thought into how they're going to rank a full slate of candidates as they would, you know, ordinarily into just who they're going to pick as their first choice. So it sounds like the recommendation is not to go in and vote for one or two candidates, but to really, really have a perspective on your top five. Does that sound right to you? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, people should, you know, before they find themselves in the, you know, in the voting booth, kind of really give some thought to who are the sort of the various candidates in the various elections that they're voting for, uh, you know, city council, controller, mayor, a public advocate, who are the, the slate of people that they would feel comfortable with, not just the top candidate. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously this is new for New York City and specifically for the mayoral election, but it already, ranked choice voting specifically, already exists in a few other places um, and has for years. Can you talk about what went into making the switch this year to ranked choice voting? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are uh, a number of other, you know, localities around the country that have implemented it, but New York City is right now, you know, the largest by far. Uh, and so it's going to be actually kind of a an interesting experiment. You know, I think a lot of different places around the country are also looking to us, you know, to see how we, you know, we're able to make this work. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, there's a certain experience excitement that's being injected into the into the races because it does make it a lot harder to kind of predict what's going to happen. And so I think that, you know, it, it'll really, it really is the civic duty of, of New Yorkers and they should feel proud that they get to, you know, have this system. You know, folks should really uh, take it as an opportunity to show how it can work and work well. And maybe we'll start seeing it pop up and, you know, in other state and local, maybe even a federal race at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Felipe. I Maybe the last question I'll ask you is, you've been obviously covering this race for the mayoral race for a while now. Is there anything that's unique about this race in particular that we haven't covered or anything else that you think voters should know about? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it'll be very interesting to see the the dynamics in the mayoral race have been shifting quite a bit in the in the last several weeks. You know, I think a, lot, a couple of the, you know, pro, you know, so-called progressive campaigns have sort of you know, imploded for lack of a better word and have left Maya Wiley as sort of the de facto progressive choice and then, you know, have, uh, you know, Eric Adams and some of the other centrist folks kind of, you know, neck and neck at the top of the polls. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of the blocks that form, right? I mean, are people going to be voting Adams, Garcia, you know, the, the two kind of like competent centrist style folks, right? Are we going to see some kind of strange permutations? Like, are there going to be a lot of people who are going to be Wiley-Yang voters, or something like that. And it's going to be a really interesting way to also kind of get to know in more granular detail how New York City voters think politically, right? It's going to give us actually more information about kind of how voters are are coming at these choices. And, you know, it might help other candidates in the future to think about how they're going to campaign. You can read more about ranked choice voting in the mayoral election and also find other resources related to the upcoming elections around the city at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be here again next week. 
Epicenter NYC is a newsletter about creating community in the city we love. And today, Epicenter is launching a membership program. Let me first say that it won't impact our journalism, which remains free. Each membership tier does, however, have some pretty awesome perks. Check them out on our website. We'd love to take our relationship to the next level. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, and it's linked to in our podcast description. See you later.